welcome to the Midlife Masculine Podcast. My name is Drew Sethi and join me on this journey of becoming an objective, independent, self-sovereign thinker and doer. The masculine maintains structure in our families and society, even when it's underappreciated. This always begins with the acquisition of knowledge, ancient or modern, obscure or mainstream. Regardless, we will acquire knowledge together on this show. Find us on mlmpod.info and all major podcast platforms. Please like, share, subscribe, and hit the bell. Welcome to another episode of the Midlife Masculine Podcast. Today's guest is Michael McGinnis Jr., aka The Jungle Writer. Michael is an author of several books, first being The Essential Revolution, the second being The Invitation. Michael has dedicated his life to the awakening of humanity on a global level. Through extensive self-study and first-hand experience, Michael has been gifted to serve as a channel for the words that the world needs to hear at the most crucial moment in history. Welcome, Michael. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. No, it's great to have you. And I think you and I are on a similar mission to awaken people on their spiritual journeys and to sort of see beyond the matrix. Perhaps the slight difference between us is that I'm on that journey myself and I'm using this podcast as a medium for me to acquire knowledge, broaden my horizon, get new perspectives, but also to get others, my listeners along with me on that journey so that we can see beyond the matrix and really achieve what we were meant to achieve in this world. Yeah, I see that. That's great. Um, there's uh, in my book, the the hero says we have to choose our role and and how we're gonna you know wh- how we're gonna show up for this galactic showdown of what's happening in our world right now you know and um, we all have a role to play in some way and it could just be some people maybe they don't do a podcast or write books or speak but they hold a very high vibration and work on themselves and become like a reflection of something really great and um, so yeah I, I I I agree though that you and I are definitely um, being voices for that message, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I think I'm going to learn a lot from you today, Michael. You had an interesting life. And before we get into your life, your life story, my the first segment is on the spiritual war. So my first question to you is, are we in a spiritual war? How do we know that? And who are the two sides? Yeah, I would say that, you know, a lot of it's perception and how we want to, how we, what we want to call this. It does feel like a spiritual war. Like if I had to say, in my honest opinion, yes, it it seems that there are, um, well, that there are definitely forces at work that are in the unseen realm that are pulling the strings in a lot of ways in humanity um, right now in a, in a not so great way, um, very low vibrational frequency entities, as well as those carriers in the human body, as well as we all can have that negative frequency within us as we were born into separation, non-dual, uh, born into duality, born into separation from the source, capital S source. Um, so I would say yes, for sure. It it feels like that dark entity, if we're going to call it that, knew that we were on this path to awakening. It saw us changing our food and people getting more healthy and they're into yoga and it's like growing. And so boom, it made a move and you know. You could say, well, when did that start? It's it's all subjective. I mean, people could say it started with 9-11 and that was like a test. And then, or you could say that COVID was the big, you know, like where they really wanted to control people, control their movement and this and that. And you say, well, you know, it sounds like, Mike, you're saying that there's people behind this. I would say, yeah, but 
it's still the entity working through the individual. And there are many people in different ways that are involved in it. And maybe we're all a part of it somehow. So, you know, it is a time to choose. Am I choosing the light of the darkness? Am I choosing the light of the darkness within myself? You know, like, am I going to say, what am I choosing to be on planet Earth? Light? Or am I going to come from a, in a way with um, a low frequency and be part of the dark? The darkness is planned for this showdown, if we want to call it that. And I choose the light and I choose to talk about that. And I choose to also talk about what's happening on the other side as well. Yeah, for sure. I, I choose the light as well. And in terms of the darkness, I mean, I, I do feel that there's some sort of a spiritual war going on. I mean, the lines between genders are being blurred. Pedophilia is sort of being encouraged to some extent. Arbitrary wars, taxes being hiked for no reason, all the whilst inflation is hiking as well. Everything seems to be happening at once. We're stressed from every direction. Something's got to give. So where do you think this is leading us? What's going to happen? Eventually, there will be a massive global spiritual awakening. The problem is when <laughs> and we all want it to happen in our lifetimes or we want it to happen in our child children's lifetime and there's no way of knowing um if you look at a lot of the you know the the theology out there and the different uh the, you know we have the kali yuga we have we talk about um the apocalypse and or or what's that guy's name um uh, the raw material the book of raw the law one or whatever it is yeah, and it talks about it being about 80 years from now. So nobody really knows when. The The important thing is to individually work on yourself. And as you do that more and more, you're going to realize, well, okay, I'm never really going to die. Yeah, my body's going to go, but I'm, I'm forever somehow, you know. Our hero in the book says, you will never not be. And, and when you get to, when you, when you work on yourself to that level, fear starts to go away. You become fearless. You were able to look at this thing and maybe not laugh at it, but maybe some people see it as a cosmic joke and it, it, it's not, it's not funny at times. It's hard. And maybe also we're, we're able to realize, well, life is hard. Life is suffering, as the Buddha says. Absolutely. On the other side of that suffering is something else that's very beautiful. And, and I think we all came to planet Earth to go through this together and to shift this thing and this the direction that we're heading in and and um you know it's it's time which is the big like when it's it's happening now i mean we're waking the world is waking up and f is falling apart and waking up at the same time we could say that's what the guy in the book says <laughs> yeah no absolutely and just to add to one of your points earlier i personally strongly believe that when we are soul before we assume our physical bodies we decide which families we want to be born into and which time in human history we want to be born into as well so i do think why have i chosen to be born in this time in human history where we're stretched at from every direction what's our role so perhaps that's what each one of us have to has to figure out what is our role why do we choose this time in human history to be born what what are your thoughts on that i agree uh, the character dimitri in the book says that it is time to choose your role and that role can um because everyone's you're going to choose a role or a role or you're going to just stay in the role that you're in unconsciously. So it's you're empowered when you know that you choose the role. And if you're conscious of your own choosing, that means you're most likely, hopefully going to choose the role of self-empowerment, empowerment of others and awakening and doing our best, becoming our best versions of ourselves. We're going to stay away from, if we're conscious again and aware, we're going to stay away from victimhood mind mentality, which is with this whole woke thing. And as you were mentioning earlier about, you know, things with children, all this crazy stuff, that's all wokeism. That is all part of the plan of 
of the of the other side, the the opposite of love. People get, I think, confused because there maybe there's people out that are going, wait a minute, am am I really a racist because my skin's white? And they're looking at their hand, and the answer is no, you're not. If you're a racist, you're a racist, or if you have racist thoughts, that, that's that's your that's your business. I don't know, but it's not because you were born like that. That's that's all part of disunity and separation, and that is that is the weapon of the darkness, and it's using it quite bri- brilliantly right now in the world, you know, and it's working. Absolutely, it is. In one of your podcasts, you says you said as well that we should focus on ourselves and raise our frequencies. Could you just explain to the listeners what does that mean raising your frequency you're raising your vibration well yeah so i'd I'd say that there that that if i was to like give some advice to people if they asked i would say that people don't know that there's something to wake up to could you wake and you know you you notice it in your life if you're like maybe at some point you stop eating mcdonald's or whatever you stop eating something that you ate before and it wasn't serving you and feel better well it's the same way with the programming inside of your head the way that you speak to yourself the way that you say, this is right, this is wrong, this happened to me. So if I can work on myself in that way first, get move, remove the, any kind of story of victimhood because everybody's got a story about it. We've all been victimized or abused in some way. Something's happened to all of us. Someone's done us wrong. We've been cheated on. Somebody stole from us. They've been abused physically when you're younger. That, that doesn't matter. You say, oh my God, how can you say that doesn't matter? And this No, it, it matters if you say that it does. And then it matters to you. But if you if you want to be free of the complaint in your life story, then you start to look at what how you speak to yourself, and you start to heal that. and And it usually comes through compassion for the whoever or whatever did what they did, doing the best that they could with what they had at that time. and And start there. Start start the way within yourself and the way that you speak and think. You know, like in that book, uh, uh, Neil Donald Walsh's book, The Conversations with God. They talk about to every time you have a thought, analyze the thought and say, wait a minute. Or every time you say something to someone, just making sure that it was clean. If I say something that was kind of harsh to somebody, and even if it takes me like an hour or 15 minutes or the next day, I say, ooh, well, I'll go back. I don't care who it is. It could be if somebody at a grocery store and say, hey, you know, I was in a real hurry yesterday. I I blew up and it's not really me. I apologize. As crazy as that sounds. And if you start to do that with everything and all things, you'll see the world change around you, you know? <laughs> For me, COVID was a blessing. It was a real eye-opener. I think somewhere deep inside, we we know that politicians don't tell the truth. But I think for me, COVID sort of cemented that and broadened my horizon. And I was open to reading and studying alternative knowledge that um, we were not being taught in schools and universities. So in in a way, these events, as difficult as they may be, sometimes they are an eye-opener and we should uh, take that cue to sort of change our life direction. And I want to ask you as well, why do you think we are at a crucial moment in terms of the spiritual war? Well, it's division has never been ramped up as much as it is right now and ever in the history of the world, as far as what we know and what we can see. And some people say, well, that's because you see it online. No, there are actually like stakes being put in the ground. I mean, we right now, the collective is choosing sides for everything. You know, the war starts over here and babies are getting, you know, and women are getting blown up and, and it's okay, well, which one's right? And you know what? All of it's madness, you know? And 
And right now we're seeing, we're like in this pressure cooker, all this pressure, pressure, pressure. So it is now, it is right now. So like for you to go through this process of deprogramming and awakening, it is now or stay in the pressure cooker and it'll, it'll eventually squeeze you out or destroy you. You will go crazy because that's what's happening with all these people out there that are just like losing their minds and fighting over this and that. And for somebody that they don't know, just, just to be able to take a side so they could, so that they can be at war themselves. There's no war there in London on the streets. There's no war in California, you know, where you see these people out there ripping off, just like, like, how can I be you know, conflictive with somebody else. Why would you want to do that? What What is in you that's so deteriorated that you want to go out and fight everybody and anybody who doesn't believe in the camp that you are because you chose this so that you can make others wrong? This has never really happened at this, at the degree which we're seeing it right now, this political divide, you know, people who hate the last guy who was like to just hate that guy you know, well why do you hate that man so much why because he was loud and has orange hair the hate the level of hate is like no that, that gets personal at that point you can might say hey you know i'm not really in i don't like his paul okay great but when you get like all deranged about it there, there's actually they call it trump derangement syndrome and i believe it's a real thing because i have friends like what's wrong with you man it's just a per well, you know like i don't hate any of these people i just like yeah you know the one right now is re it's ridiculous i mean we live in an insane asylum right now you know and so yeah it, it, it's crucial because it, there's a there's a plan for division and it's working and so we need to get back to unity consciousness clean up yourself your thoughts your life your programming uh, your heart and all the things that have been distorted and funky and you'll start to see this and you'll we will come back together i don't know when but it will someday i happen. believe that too uh, michael so moving on to your story your story is very interesting you've you've been a former race car driver as well so you have to explain how did you go from being a race car driver to helping humanity to wake up like what's that journey like or what was that journey oh i i've done a lot more than that too you know i've done the big wave surfing and the tow and surfing and the and the cars and the girls and chasing money and it's all part of you know we came here also to to experience physicality you know, there, where we came from, there was no physicality. It, we, we're in a third dimensional world where there's stuff and there's this thing called experience and having and doing. And we were supposed to come here and have that and then feel what it feels like when it went away. And when we lose our abilities to go out and surf big waves and go through depression and or lose the car race or whatever, which I did very, very little. I, I didn't lose that many times. But yeah, I, I, it was just all part of the experience of, of living in physical life. And what happened with me was, I had had so many physical experiences in, in this world and chased so much and gained so much and had it all and had all the things that people would, you know, think that would make you happy. And I was miserable at the end. And, um, and some, and every time I hit some bottom, there was some transformational experience that came my way that helped me turn around and find something else. And then, you know, one of those experiences or two of them were so big that it changed my life course completely. And you just, you know, and I think it's with age with, for a lot of people, um, you know, your, your, your podcast is called the, it's about midlife, right? Well, there, there comes a point where, where especially in the afternoon of our lives that us men, um, I think women come in it earlier, but men, um, 
kind of go, wait a minute, is this all there is? Chasing money, chasing my business, being married, having kids, having more kids. Is this really the, and the answer is no, this is not all there is. This is what you came to do. But what you really came to do, what your real life purpose is to awaken and eventually move towards what we call ascension, which is, you know, what what happened with Jesus, what happened with the Buddha, most likely Yogananda. You know, these people ascended after their experience on planet Earth. And we're all moving towards ascension. Everybody's going home. It doesn't matter what they're doing right now, the most heinous acts. It's all a process of them, of their growth. So as to for me, with all the stuff that I did, and you know, those are all the really fun things. I also went through a lot of like, there was a lot of, of you know, difficult times as well, but it all had to happen. So it's all perfect and it all had to fall apart and can't go out and surf the giant waves anymore because I'm 57 years old. And, you know, the girls have, you know, a lot of them have left in my life. And now they're, you know, maybe there's a new one coming, who knows, but it's just part of the thing. And, but what's important to me, the most important to me is I put God first in my life. And a lot of people listening might say, well, I don't believe in God. And I say, I understand that. And, and, and if you don't, that's fine. Um, no problem. I didn't either, uh, until 10 years ago. And, um, I would say, you know, have faith in goodness, you know, have faith in nature, have faith in the nature of what you are, you know, what you were when you were a child, how you loved, that's you. Just try to go back to that. If you don't, if you're not ready to say, okay, have faith that there's a God, then that's okay. But if, and some people have faith and some people like me know because they have big experience and change their life and yeah. You uh, touched upon some difficult times that you had as well. And at some point you had decided that you were going to, commit suicide but you decided not to could you explain what went through your head at that point in time and what made you the decision that you made yeah so i was at that point in life where i had everything and ev- literally like everything and more that anybody would ever think they'd want or you know in all all across the the board you know and um I felt this emptiness inside that was there before I had stuff and all the stuff. And then I had all the stuff and the emptiness was still there. So I went into what we would call definitely was a major depression. And um, I, uh, yeah, I didn't want to live anymore. There was, there was no reason to live because I, there was nothing else I could get that I knew was going to, like this empty space was going to get filled. It was impossible. It was impossible, literally. And um, I, uh, yeah, I went to the States to, to actually do the thing. And, um, I, I got in a, I couldn't get a, a, a license because of it being expired. That's how messed up I was. I, <laughs> I didn't have a driver's license. So I, I took a, a shuttle bus to town that I, a uh, town that I was from and walked down to a friend's house to, you know, just to see him once again. He insisted that I take his car. He found out I didn't have a car. And I'm like, no, man, because I felt really bad because I knew where I was going. I was going to go to this dock and get out in this little boat and do this whole thing. And, uh, and I took it, man, because he was pushing and pushing. And, uh, and there's this guy talking on the um, CD player. He's talking about stuff I'd never heard before, like ever in my life. He was saying something about relationships. If you've ever been in a relationship where you've said, I love you to someone, and another time, I hate you, that relationship is, you know, just is, is crap. <laughs> you know, like basically, and, and you know, it's 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 not you know it's done. And I'm like, who says that? What does that mean? I was I was like that much of a lug nut where I was like all this kind of stuff. Remember, I I had le- I had left United States and lived 
on the beach, like with nothing, you know, like with no, you know, wasn't so into what was going on. I think this was all pre-internet or I wasn't that into it. So I didn't really know about a lot of stuff. And I, I couldn't get the CD out of that. I didn't even know how to work the CD player. And I couldn't get this guy's voice out because it was kind of weird. I pull over and I call my buddy. I go, who's that guy? He says, that guy's name is Eckhart Tolle. And I go, what is it? And he says, it's the power of now. I go, what is that? He goes, it's a book. And I go, oh, I'm not a reader. So I, he said, I go, he said, you can go get the CDs. You know, I'm like, really? So I go to the Blockbuster video back when we used to call it. That's what it used to exist. Got all these, all of his CDs and got one of those yellow Walkman things back then. Went back to the hotel, motel room and my life changed forever. And, uh, just like that, just at least in the part of thinking that something was going to fill me up and knowing that I, there was no more filling. There's nothing to fulfill. It's everything is the way it is. It's never going to be better than the present moment, period, no matter what. You know, of course, things happen and all that. But in, right now, as you and I sit here and talk, it's never going to get better than this. Um, and, and I, yeah, and I, oh, I was also able to, he shows you in the introduction about witnessing the one that thinks inside of your head. And he asked the question, how many of me are there when he's going through this thing? And I went, oh my God, that makes sense. And it was like this big revelation experience and saved my life, to be honest. I hope someday I, I get to tell him that story. <laughs> yeah, we're certainly glad you're here, Michael, and you're doing great work. I do remember from that book that one technique we can apply is sort of when your head is racing, your mind is racing, you have a million different thoughts, just take a step back as though you're a third person looking at yourself and just observe yourself. That is a great technique. And yeah, I think I, I should apply that more often for sure. Yeah, we all need to apply that more. Um, I will say that, you know, what I discovered on this journey, and even though, you know, at that moment, he talked a lot about present moment awareness, and I was able to be present a little bit here and there, and it would go away. And I remember I would go sometimes to like a river, like near a river, and the sound of the river will actually hypnotize you sometimes. And I'd be like, wait, where did I go for the last 10 seconds, right? And where I went into was presence, but it was so foreign to me to be present that it was odd. But I knew that there was something in that, that it, that was the answer to a lot of the issues for myself. And I'm not exactly sure when, but at some point in this spiritual awakening journey after that, quite a bit after that, like 10 years later, something happened where I did completely switch around to 10% maybe of not being present and 90% of being present. And that is the biggest gift of all. And people say, but that's so hard to do. And I would say it's only hard to do because we've been programmed to think that, that it actually, once something connects and you go, oh God, I get it. And, and, and you start to do it constantly, then you realize it's harder to do the other thing. That doesn't mean I don't get not present and worry about stuff because I do, especially the world that we're in right now. Every time you turn on the, you, you flip open your computer, it's like, oh, there we go again. And, and I'm taken out of that moment. But I'm not in it. Con the, the big one is I don't believe that there's anything in the future that's going to be me, make me happy, period. There's no way. There's nothing in the future that's going to make me sad that I'm going to sit there and, and fester about. I mean, I too worry about the, the world and like, oh, are we going to have food? And I do do a little bit of that. I don't do any oh, uh, how horrible it was before. No way. That, that everyone, everything that happened to me was happened for me. It was a gift. Even the, the worst things that, you know, that happened, a gift, all of it. So it, it, it's, if you can get there, it, it makes life a lot easier, a lot easier. Yeah, for sure. We have to make it a habit. Um, living in the present is tricky, but yeah, if we do 
make it a habit, make it part of our daily routine or daily or the way we live our lives, I think we'll breathe deeper, breathe longer, and be more present and anchored in the moment. Yeah, and maybe also notice notice that those moments that are the not good moments for you, if you ask yourself, where am I right now? Or when am I right now? Am I here and now? Or am I thinking there or there? And if you can just start that inquiry, you'll start to, because the second you shine light on that, then boom, you're back to being pretty present because you're like, oh, that, 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 that's not necessarily going to happen. I might not go to jail for that, or I might not lose my partner because she might not be out with someone, you know, whatever it is, it's, if you can just start calling it out of yourself and then, and everything, I, it does get better. It really does. Like, it's really good when you can start doing that. Yeah, for sure. And before we hit rec- record on this episode, you and I were having a chat about ayahuasca and I told you a little bit about my experience where the message that I got from Abuela, um, the spirit of ayahuasca, was that I need to surrender a bit more. I need to be more in the present moment and let go of things. I'm, I'm on that journey. What can you? What advice can you give me? And I know other men are like that as well. We we struggle to let go sometimes. What guidance can you give us? So there's a um, term they say: resistance equals persistence. So if we resist something, then that whatever that thing we're resisting is going to persist. That that worry, that um, that. Uh, oh darn it didn't go my way so the second we're like in the oh darn moment we're resisting what is if if you think about it it's it's actually kind of insane to be in resistance to what is because it is so if you have to just realize that it's crazy it's it's looney toony to to sit there and, and say i'm in resistance to this or that or the way things are they are the way they are right at this moment doesn't mean that we can't change them somehow some way at some point but if we're if we're um not letting go of if if we're not letting go of the attachment to that that's where the issue lies it's 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 an attachment that we have and if you see that we don't if you get attached you're in big trouble the key to life that one of the big keys for me we talked about being present but it's also being not having attachment so like you know of an outcome even even you know i'm in a relationship with somebody and i love this person and they love me but then we find out that there's certain things that aren't going to work i i i if i am getting attached i'm able to see that um, otherwise I keep, I, I just disattach and say, it's okay. You know, it, it is what it is. This thing has ended and, and it's just, the it's just the way it is. It didn't work. It's okay. Being attached would be like me re- resisting it. Like, oh, oh. And of course we're going to do a little bit of that, especially when we really like someone a lot, you know, or whatever it is. And, um, but yeah, really watch the attachment, knowing that, that all things are leaving anyways. Everything on planet Earth is on its way out. Even the sun is going to burn itself out in so many billions of years. That's a fact. (laughs) So everything's on its way out. So just live life like that. And when you have someone, you cherish that moment or whatever it is or a thing or a position or whatever, you enjoy it. And if it goes away, get back to, okay, what's next? 
what's next? Oh, but you you don't have money more. Now you got to go sweep the floors at this restaurant. Okay, I'm going to go see what it's like to sweep. It's it's my new experience. I'm going to sweep floors at this restaurant. You know what I mean? Like it's my experience. It's a new experience. I look at it that way. You have to do. I have to do that also when when you see other people who who don't have as much in the world, or they're uh, they have maybe been oppressed by us. That's true. It exists. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Things are different for everybody. But I have to like our the hero in the book. His name is Dimitri. He says three words. It's their experience because I can't be in denial to what's going on. Now, can we shift things around and through open hearts and awake, being conscious and aware? Yes, but not by yelling and screaming and pointing the finger. That's never going to work. Never has, never will. So I hope that answered your question. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That, that's very valuable. Attachment is what sort of um, takes us away from the present moment. That's very valuable. Thanks for that, Michael. Nothing I've noticed in this spiritual awakening journey is that I'm way more open to quote-unquote conspiracy theories as I'm coming more spiritually awake. Is that a coincidence or do they actually go hand in hand? There's two, part, there's two kinds of awakenings happening. Because if you think about it, whatever you're within yourself, you're awakening up uh, you're awakening to, maybe the way that you tre treated somebody else, the way that you've uh, had this attachment to getting this and then getting pissed when you didn't get it. That's all part of a program, if you think about it. I mean, when you were five years old, you were not saying, oh, I, you better not ever leave me or I'm going to kill you or kill myself or your, whatever it is people do and they get all nutty, right? We never did that when we were kids because we were into the flow of life. So, so just as that was something that was put in us, so too are things that are happening in our world that are part of something else or we call it some other people that have been doing things behind the curtain of Oz that we didn't know about. And we start to awaken to that too. I always say there's two types of awakenings. The most important obviously is this one. This is like, oh, you know, love, generosity, gratitude, all the things that are going to come through and, you know, appreciation and then acknowledgement and boom and all that and the healing of all the crap and the, the story going away. Oh, that story's gone. My new story is that that was a gift. Thank you so much for what happened in the past. Even though it hurt, it's got me to where I am today. Okay, that's one thing. And then there's the, oh, wait a minute, what? What are these people doing? What are they now saying? They want to, oh, they want to reduce the, oh, we reduce, okay, how are you going to do that? You're going to start with you for, oh, no, oh, it's all of us. I see the food. Oh, you're going to make that go away. So, so yeah, it, you're, it's going to happen. And I think, you know, gosh, I don't even want to call them conspiracy theories anymore because all this stuff is coming true, <laughs> you know? Exactly, exactly. I, I say there are no such things as uh, conspiracy theories anymore because they all came true. My my latest fascination is the flat earth theory. I want to get to the bottom of that. I want to get to the bottom of that. That's funny. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, yeah, I don't know much about it. And it's, it's funny because, you know, you hear it and you're like, it kind of makes some sense. And then again, some other people say, that's absolutely, you know, crazy. And so it's really hard to know what is today. You know, there's really no way for us to know. I... I, I, I choose my battles, you know, the best I can. Um, I haven't chosen that one yet because <laughs> I, 
I, that the idea that we landed on the moon, according to a lot of people, and they've confronted the people who are part of it and them getting violent and, you know, you know, like not knowing how to answer. That's very interesting to me. And that's starting. And there's like actually proof the way the shadow was on this and that. And you could tell the, the whole thing was set up. That's very interesting. Does it, does it, would it surprise me? Not at all. Nothing surprises me. Like if you were to say there really are reptile entities and they really do this and that and there's all these people and they have these meetings and they drink the blood, I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go oh my god I can't believe this I'd be like well okay yeah, that could happen you know like I met in the room though so I'm not one of these people that's gonna say this is what they're doing and that's what they're doing I'm only gonna say it to the things that are very obvious like when they literally come out and say yeah there's too many people on the planet and yeah literally you know they're like you know actually talking about reducing it and how they're gonna do it and they start buying up all the food supplies and you, st- you can't at some point you can't be stupid anymore you got to go oh wait a minute there's something going on here and that's the stuff that I you know I would probably focus more on especially the things that are going to be affecting us soon possibly you know now i'm at a stage where everything is plausible i mean if the news if we know that the news is untrue imagine how untrue the history is so yeah very interesting times that we live in i want to talk to you about who you follow in terms of um for religiously or philosophically or who do you resonate with um that spiritual level my range is crazy um I'll be really interested in, you know, of course, Eckhart Tolle for me is the master, you know, in a lot of ways. But I also like what Michael Bernard Beckwith says. Um, I find it interesting sometimes that people who 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 expounded incredible credible wisdom start to come out on the other, on a side that is like really strange, kind of like I'm seeing this with Deepak Chopra. I'm seeing it with Marianne Williamson. I start to scratch my head, head and say, who are you? Where did that come from? You know, so a little bit of that happens. So what I think, you know, I learned a while back, you know, my spiritual journey was that even though people have that light coming through them and they're able to say things, they still have their distortions. They still have their their things that grab a hold of them and they can't see maybe or maybe they can. I don't know. I'm not in them. I too have mine, you know. So I'll pick out what I like. You know, I mean, I, I, I like uh, uh, even certain musicians. There's a guy, kid named out there named Ren from, from Britain that's doing some amazing things. Um, and you say, well, but is it spiritual? Yeah, he has this one video where he talks about the darkness and the light. It's called Hiren, and I I watched that, and I go, wow, that was that was heavy. And then I can jump over to Joe Olstein, who so many people dislike because he has so much money. But man, when I like some of the things, I like everything he says. I haven't heard anything. He doesn't speak on fear. He doesn't talk about anything like that. Like you're in trouble if you do this. None of that. It's all positive empowerment stuff. So I like that. What his politics or how he chose to spend his money, I don't care. If I can't care about that, and I'm just one of those woke people out there pointing the finger. I don't do that. I find the light that are in the frequency that I like, I I tune in, wow, they like that, take what I get, walk away. And I start to tune out on the ones that get, start to get a little bit on that nutty far left, you know, kind of like I said, Marianne wants Deepak Chopper over there insisting that you get in jet, whatever they're up to is like, hey, wow, really? What? No, <laughs> you know, and then I'll turn them off. You know, just the light way life is. You, certain times you're going to tune into some and others, right? Um, I totally agree with that. Just moving on to your books. So a lot of listeners are have just started their spiritual awakening or they're sort of curious about what's happening in the world and they want to explore spirituality a bit more. Which of your books would you recommend that they read to begin with? And can you give a, a high level overview of them? The first one. This is The Essential Revolution. And maybe in the show notes, you can, you'll put my 
my uh, website in there. It's all on there. But for people, especially for people who are starting, this is a allegorical fiction. It's a novel about a group of people who have had these experience with this one particular person and they have their doubts and they don't understand and they disagree. And so we, and it's a multiple narration. So the same characters are narrating the story to us. And I, I see that people are able to have their awakening as the people in the book do. Like you're, you almost are put into a box where you, if you continue to read, you're going to awaken with them. There's no way out. And, and I see that you're either going to get really pissed and throw it across the room, but you'll usually come and pick it up and go, okay, because it's going to go after your story. It's going to go after victimhood. It's going to go, it's going to go after all of the stuff that's just, that, that's, that's in here that's of distortion and, um, helps you repair that. And, um, and it's a series. So there's book one and then there's, you know, the second book, which is the invitation and they all go together. And then I'm getting ready to write the third book right now. And uh, yeah, it, it's it's got it all in there for people who are are new to this for sure, and people who aren't. I mean, it's a great great ways of reminders and uh, ways that you can think about things differently, and it's kind of setting up a, bl- a blueprint for a new world as well, because that's what this is about. The books are about the awakening of, of 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 humanity and about how this this young man, he's 19 years old, comes to planet Earth and somehow he gets he shot, killed, and comes back to life, and he's this sage and he helps people. And there's a lot of drama. It's very exciting. You know, there's plenty of, you know, craziness that goes on as well. In the book. You mentioned, you mentioned Dimitri. Is, Dimitri is one of the characters in your book. Could you explain uh, a little bit about him? Yeah, he's, um, I would say he's the main character. Um, he was a, a kid that was um, growing up in the, he grew up in the ghetto. Um, he's a mixed race. He, uh, black and white, and he, uh, he was abused by his stepfather in ways that are just horrific. And um, one day he's had enough, and uh, and his mom too was abused by this guy. And um, he doesn't know his father. I don't think. I, I don't. I won't know that till the third book. So I, I this stuff's channeled. By the way, I just sit there and wait for it all to come in. Anyways, one day he he he's done with it, and he he he. Uh, yeah, he goes up there and takes care of business with his stepfather and the floor above him, and and it ends up getting violent, and uh, he gets ends up getting shot and killed by a cop and uh comes back to life when he comes back to life he's kind of like a buddha figure or christ figure somebody it's fiction so it's you know it's just and and he goes to prison and he ends up waking up a a huge amount of people help help people in in prison wake up and there's all kinds of uh the shot callers and the gangs are against him the warden because they're they're you know they want to keep their it's called the recidivity rate, which is when the people come back. They want them to come back to prison because that's how they make money. So they're all against this Dimitri guy, and so there's all kinds of drama and violence and stuff. So it's kind of it's fun. Wow, you know? very interesting. It's like a movie. <laughs> very interesting. Well, yeah. Michael, this has been a pleasure. I have learned a lot, and this is why I started this podcast as an opportunity to learn things. So it's been very, very insightful. What is next for you? Next for me is I'm going to, okay, so the first book is also on Audible so people can listen to it. I'm going to the States to go into a studio and record the second book now um, in this month. And then I'll start writing the third book in December. That's what's new on the on the docket for the moment. And where can people find you? michaelmcginnis.com. Maybe put it down there in the show notes. Um, that's the, probably the easiest way. And then you can order my book right there. It'll bring people to Amazon or if they want to hear it or they want to get downloaded digitally, it's all there. But that's that's the best place. I'll link that below. And actually, before we go, I did forget one section. I have the section in all episodes and that is any takeaways that you can give my listeners in terms of changing their perception and slowly breaking away from the matrix. 
Is there are there any few quick bullet points that you can share? Well, I would say that you're the only person that can do that. No one else can do it for you. Um, I say people are going to wake up when it's their time. I invite you to take this moment that you've been listening to us talk as that as that calling at your bottom of life. That's it. Okay, I'm not going down anymore. I'm going to use this right now as my springboard, and I'm going to start looking at the way I perceive things and and listening to my thoughts and doing whatever if it's to read my book or someone else's or to go to a seminar. Um, and now is the moment. It's it's never going to get any more the moment and and it's it's a crucial time for you to do this and this is what you came here for this is what we all came here for and we're all we're all going to make it happen absolutely and be in the present moment embrace it be in the present moment <laughs> it's been a real pleasure michael thank you very much for this thank you very much i appreciate it you've been listening to the midlife masculine podcast find us on mlmpod.info and all major podcast platforms Please like, share, subscribe and hit the bell.